Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? Jeremy, I am doing fantastic. I am uh, excited. This is the first time you've introed the show. You you uh, took it away from me, and I love it. I know. You did fantastic. Yep. You're you're a nice enough guy to let us do that. <laughs> hey, man, it's your podcast. It's not I my suppose. podcast. Well, you, we still have uh, all the sound effects over on your side, though. And oh, so I'm going to let you talk about what we're going to be talking about because you got the nice sound effects. Yeah. Well, audience, prepare yourself. We are going to be talking mm-hmm. about Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, that was You fun. got it. I like Part that. two. Yeah. We've done this it, before. Exactly. This is another installment. I, this is going to be kind of a series, I think. Yeah, we figure we'll just sprinkle in every time we kind of collect some bad stories in a way, uh, examples <laughs> of things that went wrong. And once we get enough of them, we just need to sprinkle in and help people avoid different things that are out there with the retirement planning, investments, tax planning, all that kind of stuff. Today, we're talking about the three biggest mistakes you can make going into retirement. And we'll start out with number one. Number one, the biggest mistake is that you don't separate your retirement decisions. People think that retirement today means you take your social security and your pension today. And they think that perhaps if one spouse does something, the other spouse should do the same thing. And that's not, that's not true in any way. There's Mm -hmm. virtually zero requirements that any of that has to happen. But in a way, it's just a programming in our heads for 30 or 40 years of working that I'm going to retire today. I'll take my social security today. I'll take my pension today. And whatever I do, my spouse is going to do the same thing. It makes sense, right? I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Well, every commercial just, you see, Jeremy, is is you know yeah. two people sailing on a boat, two people walking mm-hmm. down the beach. Well, we can't do that if we're not retired at the exact same time. Oh, come on. Yes, yeah. you can. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and even then, just the, the word there, if, oh, I'm my retirement. Well, your retirement date is when you want to retire and can afford to retirement, mm-hmm. when you can take the, the time to afford to retire. Taking your Social Security, taking your pension, for each of you and different ones. You might have more than one pension out there. You ought to take those and start those whenever they give you the best bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of examples we're gonna go through right now. One of them just starts out with social security. A lot of people think social security has an age of 65 because that was the age way, way back. Mm-hmm. Still now it's the age for Medicare. So a lot of people know I start Medicare. I wanna have my social security pay for the Medicare premiums. A lot of people do take social security at 65. So you figure if both husband and wife take the Social Security at 65, the other one should take it at 65. And in fact, it's very, very likely, I'm not going to give it 100%, but I bet you it's really close to that. It's very, very likely that you're better off with one person taking it early at 62, the other one taking it later at 68. It kind of averages out to the same thing, right? Somebody took it early, got Mm -hmm. a little bit of a pay cut. The other person takes it higher and later on you get a, a boost there. Three years early, three years later, averages out to the same. But in reality, it's far better, way better off to do it that way because what you're doing is taking one of those Social Security amounts and you're boosting it up, the one that's going to be there for the surviving spouse. So that's just one thought. Don't do things exactly at the same time just because you think that's the way you ought to go. A lot of times, especially with Social Security, you might want to take one earlier and take the other one later than expected. You'll end up with the same amount of money roughly uh, when there's two of you. 
But then as soon as there's a survivorship, you're down to the one person that's a surviving spouse. They will be so happy that you took the time to boost up that survivor social security. So that's just one of the things. Separate out your retirement decisions between you and your spouse in a way. You don't have to do exactly the same thing at the same time. And separate your pension decision from your retirement. And it makes sense. Who doesn't want to stop work on Friday, get your last paycheck, and get your first pension on a Monday? Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. And a lot of people do understand the first part of it, that you can wait on Social Security and you can retire and then take Social Security later on. Well, with pensions, there's something called normal retirement age. It's basically when is your pension uh, designed? When is it set up to start out a, a pension payment? Virtually zero people we talk to, advisors included, understand that you can take your pension at a different time than right after you retire. Or even sometimes you can take it past your normal retirement age. And we work with a lot of these publicly traded companies, AT&T, We Energies, Harley-Davidson. A lot of these have pensions still. A lot of them give you a normal retirement age. And let's just say it's 65. We're generalizing right here. So let's say it's 65. If you retire early, you could take your pension early. A lot of people know that, which also means you could wait to that normal retirement age. And usually they take away about 5% a year. You do that for 10 years down to 55. So 10 years early, you're getting half of what you're promised at that true normal retirement age. Well, that's a big pay cut. Yeah. If you retired 55 and you could wait till 65, that means you could double your pension because it would get back to the normal amount instead of being cut in half. Mm. And if there's any math nerds out there listening, I know there's at least two of them on the podcast talking right now. That's right. <laughs> that Yeah. You know the rule of 72. If something doubles in 10 years, basically it's growing at 7%. A year by waiting. That's a pretty mm. decent return to allow your pension to grow, the benefit to grow at 7% per year. Now, every pension is different. We we're just generalizing right there. All three pensions that I talked about, the AT&T, We Energies, Harley-Davidson, I know they're all different. I know they're all different, even depending on if you're a union worker or management, or depending on what year you were hired. Every time we meet someone, we look at all their options. Can you take it early? Can you take it late? And I'm thinking of just one person right now from We Energies. They thought their pension maxed out at 65. They, when they call us, they're a potential client. They said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take our pension at 65." I said, "Can you can you give us about 10 minutes? We'll walk into your system, and we'll just see how do these different ages work out for you." I said, "We'll do it. You're not gonna find the numbers that you're looking for because that maxes at 65. I know it does." Mm-hmm. I said, appreciate that. Love that. So happy to to know that. Let's just figure out what happens if you take it earlier and what happens when you take it later. Well, they were very silent all of a sudden because we were doing age 65, age 66, age 67, and that pension was growing each and every year. They had this thought that was not quite correct. And I can't blame them because just about everyone thinks I retire today. I take my pension tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have another We Energies person. Uh, both of these folks I'm thinking of are retiring this year. They just had a different situation. We looked at theirs, and theirs did max out at 65. How can you look at planning when somebody that probably works down the hall from you has a different pension type of situation? You can't just assume yeah. that the day I retire is the day I take my pension. You can't just assume that the way that one pension works is the way another pension works, whether it's even at the same company even. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing is what keeps going through my mind is just the importance of 
planning early, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, I know that you like to get a client as early as possible because you can do better work with them. If this person from We Energies came and spoke to you at 60 and had this plan to, to, to retire at 65 and I'm mm-hmm. going to take my pension right away and all of a sudden they find out that if they wait a year, it grows tremendously or wait two years, it grows tremendously. That gives them that five years to make other arrangements, save a little bit more money here. You got it. So that they can actually retire and not have to start taking that pension. They live off of the the, the stuff that they've saved up over those five years to plan so that pension can grow for the next two or one or two years. I mean, that's that's exciting. And if somebody comes to you at 65 saying, hey, I'm going to retire next week and I'm going to take my pension right away. It's a little late in the game for that. But yeah, you, you know, get it. But if they can if they have other funds out there, I mean, I know that you dive into every part of their financial life. So if they've got other assets that they can draw off of, even if they are retiring next week and they can just push off that pension one year, that I mean, that could be a huge difference. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and kind of going into mistake number two, which is following the crowd instead of following mm-hmm. the math. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, someone that we're working with through Harley Davidson, and they just said to me recently, everyone I know that retires is taking the lump sum. In fact, the only Harley retiree I've ever met that is waiting on the pension is the one that referred me to you. Now, that's that's just the power of the crowd. If mm-hmm. everyone's doing it, it must be right. And I'm not going to say that taking the lump sum, especially from that company, is wrong, but you need to follow the math. So we're, we're doing the math for everyone we work with. Mm-hmm. And we find that a lot of times, if you wait till the month after your birthday to even take the lump sum, a lot of people do know that a lot of times you wait till the month after your birthday to start the monthly pension, you get a higher amount than the month before. It kind of makes sense. You had a new, mm-hmm. a new birthday. It makes sense. You get a little bit more. A lot of people get that part. Sometimes even on the lump sum, it turns out that you get a higher amount. Hmm. Here we are looking at uh, a few people. I'm thinking of three or four right now that we looked at and said, well, if you are going to take the lump sum, then let's just see when should you do it. If you're retiring in May, but your birthday's in June, maybe take it on July 1 instead of June 1. Let's just see how that works out. And we've been seeing ones where it's even $25,000 difference over just a couple of months Time frame. Wow. It's just amazing. Yeah. If, if you're going <laughs> yeah. to take the lump sum, do the math. You ought to do the math anyways. But if you're going to do the lump sum, don't just make that assumption. Don't follow the crowd that are retired today and take my pension as a lump sum tomorrow like everyone else is doing. Do the math. And maybe you do decide that lump sum is the best way to go. But if you could wait three months, two months, and make 3 4% on your money, guaranteed, because it's sitting there. It's guaranteed. They show you exactly the numbers, and it's it's written down what it's going to be. That seems pretty worth it to me. It's just amazing. Yeah, no kidding. That's crazy. Another reason people follow the crowd and take the lump sum in particular is it's really hurt, hard to turn down big money. Mm-hmm. Right? Who, who wants to turn down really big money? And when the company says to you, do you want 2500 a month, or do you want half a million dollars? What sounds mm. better? I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want half a million dollars? Yeah. But you're just comparing apples and oranges. That $2,500 a month, that might be between you and your spouse for as long as you live. What what does that even mean? You have to translate it. It's kind of like going to a different country and, and saying this is worth this number of euros or pesos or yen. You got to translate it. You got to figure out what the, the comparison is. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Uh, we've seen it all times at these places, AT&T, We Energies, Harley-Davidson, all these other publicly traded companies that we're, we're working with, places that still have pensions, when you do the math, a lot of times right now, the monthly amount, when you translate it over and say, here's 
the actual value, today's value of the monthly amount, it might be worth 20%, 30%. We've even seen 50% more that taking the monthly amount is worth that amount more than taking the lump sum. That's pretty hard to turn down. If we say you got two options, one's worth 50% better, which one do you want? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Jeremy, but people let, let, don't, sorry. they don't do the math. You got to do the math there. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. If we, I mean, I don't know these pensions, right? You do. Do you think it's a, a fear that, you know, if, if I die and my spouse dies, then we lose out and that's why we're not going to, you know, that's why we want to take the lump sum or is there a certain amount that's guaranteed to, is there a payout to their children? I mean, what is the reason people are so quick to take the big amount besides the, the glamour of, you know, half a million bucks, here you go. Is it, is it the fear of missing out on something? Yeah. Well, I'd say that's number two. Number one is it's really hard to turn down a lot of money mm-hmm. when you're making comparison to a small amount of money. You've got to translate and make the right comparison. Yeah. But you're right. Number two is, well, I've worked my whole life. I've earned this pension and I want to get this pension. And if I don't get it, what if me and my wife pass on, me and my spouse pass on and nobody gets it? Well, there's a couple of things. Just about every pension has all kinds of different rules that are out there. Mm -hmm. Some of them do have a rule that allows you to name some sort of beneficiary beyond you and your spouse, where if you're not around to collect it, that your spouse is, I'm sorry, your other beneficiary, your kids perhaps, Mm -hmm. are able to collect the difference. I'm thinking specifically of the Wisconsin retirement system. So the government workers have a 15-year guarantee that they could sign up for, saying, well, by the time you reach 15 years, you've probably taken out all the money that's been in there, so it's kind of okay if you pass on mm-hmm. after that, at least somebody got the money. Yeah. But what happens if you do get in the car wreck on the way to the bank after you uh, you sign up for your pension and nobody gets it? Well, there might be a guarantee there that's for it. And then also, that's such a very, very, very small probability. Mm-hmm. And yet there's huge benefits by doing it a different way. So a yeah. lot of times people look at the the small, big loss and try to focus on that as opposed to the virtually happens all the time, big win. And they, they again, it's almost you're comparing to two different things. Mm-hmm. So if there's a very small risk that something happens, but there's a big problem that happens with it, that's what insurance is for. You spread mm-hmm. out that risk. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody that says, I'm worried about that, and my pension doesn't have this 15-year guarantee, well, you know, you could get 15-year term insurance and when you run the numbers, a lot of times you come out ahead. I was just, this is uh, something we looked at yesterday for a client. We figured it out and said, there is a risk there. It looks like it might cost you five or six grand to hedge, to insure this risk, but the benefit might be worth a hundred. It looks pretty close to a hundred thousand. Hmm. If you're worried about it, the situation, do you just give up the hundred grand because you're worried about that fear of missing out? Or do you go ahead and grab the hundred grand worth of value by doing something different with your pension, and then just ensure that problem for the five grand, the six grand, whatever the cost is. That seems like a pretty good trade-off uh, to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. another reason why a lot of people do take the lump sum, and I'll go with that, I'm saying this is probably number three on there, is that they hear that you ought to take the lump sum from your advisor. And a lot of times you hear that from your advisor, they've got a little bit of an incentive. Mm-hmm. If you take a monthly pension, they don't invest that money. They don't get paid yep. any commissions on that, but you get a lump sum for 300 grand, 500 grand. I've seen million dollar lump sums that are available out there. If you take that out of your, your pension as a lump sum 
and the advisor gets a commission, I mean, there could be tens of thousands more. There could be a lot of money mm-hmm. sitting there as a commission that they could get if they get you to take a lump sum and they invest it on your behalf. So there's a little bit of a, uh, of a disconnect, a little bit of an incentive perhaps for the person giving you the financial advice to suggest that you take the lump sum. Again, taking the lump sum is not wrong. Taking the monthly amount is not wrong. Doing any of this without running the numbers, without running the math, that's very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of incentives, a lot of kind of social pressure into doing these things towards one end of it. And we want you to do the math. And oftentimes we see the math kind of suggest you ought to go the other way. Yeah. Here's the thing. Audience, I will, I'll tell you this. If you're working with an advisor, ask Jeremy to run the math for you. He will be more than happy to. I can say that confidently because you know he and I have been working together for a very long time. Because what I'd love for you to do is go back to your advisor and say, okay, you'll have the numbers from Jeremy. He'll be able to tell you how much more your, the account is worth if you don't take the lump sum and you take it over the, the payment period. And go back and ask your advisor, can you, if I take the lump sum and put it with you, can you guarantee me this return to make up the difference? Mm-hmm. See what the look on their faces. <laughs> yep. You got it. They can't guarantee anything, right? I mean, that's by law. They can't really guarantee anything. If they are telling you or pushing you to take that lump sum, there may be a hidden motive there. And and it's unfortunate, yeah. but you know, we do have advisors out there that are unscrupulous. Have Jeremy take a look at your situation just to run the numbers for you. There's no pressure. Um, he's just going to mm-hmm. give you the facts. Yeah. And sometimes uh, people walk in, they say, hey, my bank advisor, this person I was talking to, they say I ought to do this. We can even look up what the commissions are. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of someone about a year ago. <laughs> and they said, oh, my advisor wants me to take this out. He says it's a better deal to go. Oddly enough, their advisor is saying, take money out of the guaranteed pension, turn it into lump sum, and put it into a guaranteed annuity. Well, it turns out this guaranteed annuity, the income grew by about 4 or 5% a year. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the pension income grew by about 7% a year. Okay, well, that doesn't seem like a good trade-off. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, why would he do that? So I looked it up. I said, well, you know, it's 150 grand. Roughly, he's going to get a 7% commission, it looks like. He makes 10 grand if you do this, and he makes zero if you do the other one. So mm-hmm. where's, there's a bit of an incentive there. It is a great opportunity for the banker. <laughs> it seemed like it in that case. Yeah. yeah this, again, yeah. it doesn't happen all the time, but you got to run the math. Every yeah. time you got to run the math. Yeah. Which speaking of math, it talk, takes us to mistake number three, ignoring taxes. Oof, a lot of math that shows up with yeah. taxes. A lot of people think retirement's showing up, taxes are going down. Got my pension, my social security, life gets easier. I'll just take money out of the 401k, the IRAs. We're good to go. And we've talked about taxes a lot uh, before, so we're not going to get too deep into there Mm -hmm. now. But just a few of them is that your taxes could be wildly different if you take money out in December versus January. One week difference, and it's two different tax years. Mm -hmm. Or before and after you file for social security. It is just crazy how the way that social security works is your taxes could be close to double or it could be zero, just depending on how this formula works out for you. When you plan ahead, you can figure it out. And then a lot of times too, there's this required minimum distribution that shows up. You can take money out of your IRAs and 401ks at 59 and a half, but now the required minimum distribution is 72. You have over 12 years to plan for this required minimum distribution mm-hmm. and your taxes will be wildly different one way or another uh, on that. And we're, we're thinking here of actually somebody that he just came into our office about 30 minutes ago. He called in yesterday 
we're talking to him about funny story. So he calls in, he says, Hey, I, I've heard about you. I want to work with you, but honestly, I've done this my whole life and I'm just struggling to understand what's the value of having an advisor. I asked him a few questions and just going through it. I was just certain hey, he's going to come out ahead by doing some different tax planning. So I told him, drop off your tax returns, drop off some statements. We'll do a free tax plan analysis for you. Mm-hmm. We'll review it. We'll see if the value is there. We'll be able to show you what the value it is. I'm certain just from the questions that we're probably going to see about $500 a year in tax savings by adjusting how he gives his, his money away. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, we'll, we'll run the numbers. We'll figure that one out uh, later on, but it's just uh, a great thing. And that's what an advisor ought to be doing for you. And sometimes your advisors aren't doing that for you. And sometimes you're doing it uh, on your own, trying to figure this out uh, yourself. Yeah. And here's what I love about that story specifically is that, if that gentleman who is is philanthropic to begin with can save an extra $500 a year in tax savings, that's $500 more that he can bless a charity with or bless his church with or, or whatever. And boy, does that feel good, right? I mean, that, or it could be money that he uses for something else. I mean, who knows? But mm-hmm. if he's already philanthropic, what a huge advantage to be able to even give more if that's where your heart is. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's what we want to offer to anyone. Anyone who's wondering about what the value is with working with a retirement-focused advisor, there's a difference. What's the value of working with a retirement-focused advisor? We're going to do one of two things with you. Uh, Give us a call or go to our website, kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. We can look at your tax return, and we'll see if there's any way you can plan out your taxes better. We'll just do that for free. We want to make sure that you're aware of it. And if you'd like us to, to work together further, we'll, we'll talk about that too. Or maybe you're someone that's facing a pension decision. And we do this all the time. We've probably done over 100 of these. So we can make this happen fairly quickly for you where let's stop that apple to orange comparison. Let's translate what your monthly amount is so that you can compare it to the lump sum. We'll, we'll help you out so you can make that apples to apples comparison. And then you can decide if, if working with a retirement focused advisor is, is valuable, if that's something that you want to go through. Jeremy, in your example, you said that you use the ages of 62 and 68. So a husband and wife, one of them 62, one of them 68, when they take their social security. So let's say they're the same age. One person takes it at 62 and then they're both living for the next six years until the second person turns 68 and starts taking their social security. But my question is, should the person that takes it later, should that person have the larger social security benefits? So like in my parents' case, my father worked full-time his entire life where my mom had jobs here and there, but she also raised us as a kid. So she was a stay-at-home mom for a while. Then she got some part-time jobs and she did some full-time work. So her social security benefit would be a lot lower. Should my dad be waiting? In other words, if, if they were the same age, should he be the one to wait? Yeah, that's exactly it. Roughly speaking, taking it early drops your benefit by about 7% a year. Mm-hmm. And waiting boosts your benefit by about 8% a year. So 8% on a bigger number yeah. is a bigger number. Okay. Yep. And 7% drop on a smaller number is a smaller number. And that's exactly it. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's the point is that if you're both planning on taking it at exactly the same time, someone with a smaller benefit takes the cut a few years, takes it earlier a few years, it's a smaller cut. And the person with a bigger benefit, that's a bigger boost to your overall social security. That makes sense. And the other thing is that when the first person dies, doesn't matter who it is, that smaller one goes away. Yes. So that bigger benefit 
is the one you want to boost up because that's a bigger number. And it's the one that's going to be sticking around the longest with that surviving spouse, especially. That's exactly it. I like it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. I think we're getting to the end of the podcast here, Eric. What, what did you learn today? What are you thinking? Oh, well, you, you talked about the three biggest mistakes. Uh, not separating retirement decisions, right? So you, you don't, husband and wife don't have to do the same thing at the same time. The second one was don't follow the crowd. And it was so funny because as you were talking about that, I thought, man, there's peer pressure at retirement just like there is in high school, just like there was in college. <laughs> don't follow the crowd. You've you got to follow the math, right? I think it's how you phrased it. And then number three was don't ignore taxes, right? You've got to, you've got to, pl- you know, do some good tax planning as well. You got it. Well, we took the intro away from you, Eric, but you're still uh, paying good attention. I love it. Hey, I'm I learning. I have to, I, I got to learn this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just to add on to that first one about a mistake is do is separating your retirement decisions or, or not doing that is that a lot of people think I retire today. I take my social security or I take my pension a day mm-hmm. and that's not, that's not necessarily true. That's not required. And oftentimes you're better off separating the decision on when do I retire from when do I take social security and when do I take my pension? It's all about the math. Perfect. All right. Well, you got them all there, guys. The uh, the three biggest mistakes as you're facing retirement. Want to make sure that you're checking those out. Retirement-revealed.com. We'll have some more information on that there. Thank you as always for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.